Welcome to Hound Headlines. Today on the show, Chernobyl dog syndrome. Can exposure to radiation speed up evolution? Dogs have the answer. And we find out about Pearl, who is a teeny tiny dog who has just been awarded by the Guinness Book of Records the official award for being the world's shortest dog. And we'll tell you about a place where if you don't register your dog, you could lose your driver's license. And Snoopy, as in the cartoon dog, does exist in real life. We have found him on Instagram of all places. That and more on today's episode of Hound Headlines. Hello, I'm James Jacobson in Maui, Hawaii. And I'm Claire Mansell in London, England. Our show is brought to you by our sponsors, Everpup, the complete daily dog supplement. You can find out more on their website, everpup.com. And Claire, it looks like you are back in your home studio in London. How was your trip? And and most importantly, how did Maple fare while you were gone? Yeah, well, an amazing trip, Jim. Three weeks in Australia certainly beat three weeks in the UK because I think it rained for most of the time that we were away. So, so yeah, it was quite nice to kind of do a bit of bodyboarding and surfing and swimming in Australia. Yeah, certainly beat beat, beeping in the UK. And Maple, we left Maple with complete strangers, Jim. And... (laughs) As one does when you really care about your dog. <laughs> no, this no. I think I have a valid point here because a lot of people were quite sort of you know scared by the fact that we left her with complete strangers. But what they were was house sitters, and we we use this website where house sitters come and stay at your house for free, but look after your dog for free. So it's kind of a great. And I presume these house sitters are vetted, or like you're just letting well, strangers yeah. in. Yeah. Like they have some background <laughs> check so that when you come home, your house is still there. Yeah. So they, you know, they have proved their ID and. They they have reviews and that kind of stuff. But still, people were a little bit freaked out by the fact that we hadn't met them prior to them turning up to look after our dog. But I'm a good judge of character. And I thought they were awesome when I spoke to them. And they did an awesome job of looking after the house. It was cleaner and tidier than when I left it to go on holiday. That's <laughs> and good. And they made us a lasagna, were unprompted to come home to. And the dog seemed to have had a great time. So, you know, win-win win yeah, every level. And and they enjoyed themselves as well. So it was it was really good. And I bet Maple was very glad that you did come home or does she just want to eat lasagna? <laughs> no, she was really pleased. And in fact, the house sitter said it was almost like she had kind of a sixth sense when the taxi drew up outside and we came home. She seemed to react differently to that car approaching the house compared to, you know, like, you know, delivery guys and all that kind of stuff. Huh. Well, maybe she was picking up your aroma after that long flight. Perhaps you were all were a little fetid. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, it was a 13 and a half hours followed by seven hours. Right. And I, yeah, it was a very long period of time. And I did feel a little bit sorry for our taxi driver. But I do my into that theory about the scent, forgetting your little jibe about how smelly we were. It wasn't a sixth sense. It's just that your dog could smell you through the walls and through, through the taxi. Yeah, all the way no, the taxi listen, seriously, we've covered this, Jim, haven't we, in Dog Edition well, yeah. before? We've talked about how dogs, you know, are able to detect the scent of ashes within ashes of a house fire and that kind of stuff. They do right. have amazing noses. And so genuinely, I think our dog could sense us in a car at the end of our driveway and smell that before we got to the house. I'm not taking the pee here. I genuinely think that's a true thing. I think that's a sensible thing. Let's move on to our first news story where the Dateline is some place that is often in the news these days, but for a different reason. Let's talk about the Ukraine. 
Now, the Ukraine is where there's obviously a war going on, but 37 years ago, there was a place that is now part of the Ukraine called Chernobyl, where there was a nuclear accident. Yeah, so um, this is going back to 1986. A lot of people will be familiar with this because they recently did a dramatization of this on Netflix. Have you seen it, Jim? I have not seen it. And, and neither have I. So this is, <laughs> we are terrible people to recommend this. However, I would say that everyone I know who watched it said it was amazing. And it, mm. you know, it brought to life stuff, which certainly I, I wasn't very familiar with because I was only a small child at the time. So it kind of brings to life everything that happened back then. But the important thing, as far as this story is concerned, is that 1986, when the accident happened, people were evacuated from their homes and told, just bring the bare essentials, don't worry about everything else. In two or three days' time, you will be home. So they left all their pets and evacuated, and they haven't been allowed home nearly 40 years later. Now, these animals have gone off and done what animals do very well, which is adapted to living without humans, and they formed their own packs, and they found their own food and shelter and everything else. And it is the offspring of those pets that scientists are now studying. Now, one thing I would say is when you look at videos of these dogs, you, the initial reaction is kind of, hmm, they're really healthy and they look great because, hang on, haven't they been exposed to radiation? But one thing they have discovered is that these dogs don't actually have very long lives. And that's not because of the radiation. It's because of the incredibly harsh conditions in that area, the long winters. And, you know, I say they have shelter, but they don't have warmth. They don't have proper shelter. And Charities have been going in there and giving them some food, but they're not obviously getting the regular food that they would have if they had been pets. And so what the scientists are doing right now is they are looking at the generations of these dogs. They have collected the DNA from 302 dogs and compared that to the DNA of dogs who are living outside, but very near the zone. And it shows that the evolution of their DNA of these dogs' species is actually significantly different, sped up perhaps, because of the exposure to radiation. And that has some interesting and profound scientific impacts in terms of understanding what nuclear radiation does to mammals. And we obviously know it's, it's not a good thing in the short term, but what does it do to future generations? Well, it tends to impact it by speeding it up. Now, science is still looking at this, and we are going to be talking to some of the leading scientists who are leading this research on future episodes of our sister show, which is called The Long Leash. And you can find that wherever you find podcasts. Now, Jim, I'm not a massive Marvel Comets fan, but can you cast your mind back? Isn't there a, a, a comic character who gets superhero skills from being exposed to radiation? I'm thinking, is it Superman? Is it Spider-Man? Somebody like that, uh, I think. I, I, would, I think that is Spider-Man, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So maybe these dogs are picking up like, you know, they have somehow got super skills because uh -huh. this is this is not just speculation, you see, because the charity <laughs> that comes in and feeds them, to bear with me, um, yeah. <laughs> charity that comes in and feeds them and does like the immunizations and the spaying and stuff and tries to look after them. The dogs have worked out who the guys are who do that, and they've worked out what their uniforms are. And 
they don't entirely trust them because obviously what they do is they put one of the dogs in a cage and take them away. So the dog's like, hmm, that's not so great. So they've started they avoiding fixed. them. And then they, and they, yeah, yeah, get, and yeah. they get fixed. Okay. Yeah, and they get returned. But the dogs are still like, hmm, I don't like the going in the cage bit, so I'm going to avoid those guys. So what the charity have had to do is every single year they change the colour of their uniform because they're, <laughs> they're trying to trick the dogs. So, you know, this superhero skill thing is... I don't know if it's a DNA evolutionary thing or just yeah. the dogs are pretty smart and they just recognize, huh, my friend went away and came back and didn't smell the same way. That's really interesting. Maybe it's a DNA evolution or maybe it's just an adaptive skill. Yeah, like maybe it is. Those, those guys in the red shirts, they're not so good. Hmm. Well, let's move on. We're going to move from the Ukraine to our next story, which is in Orlando, Florida, where we will tell you about Pearl, who is the world's shortest dog, according to the Guinness Book of World Records. Teeny tiny Pearl, who is only five inches long. Now, when I was uh, doing some research and some thinking about this before we did the recording, I thought, what can I give our audience as a uh, indicator of, you know, what five inches looks like? And I thought, is it like the average length of a banana? That was my first thought. So I went on to Google and I typed in, what is the average length of a banana? And it came back and said seven inches. So <laughs> for reference, Pearl is shorter than the average banana. And then I did something very foolish, which was... <laughs> that I I typed in average length of five inches. And I thought, well, it'll, it'll come up and tell me something that has an average length of five inches. And it did, Jim. And I didn't want to know that. I would <laughs> so, imagine. I kind of think that would be a dangerous thing to Google. Yeah. So so Pearl is apparently the average length of one of those. Of one of those. <laughs> or a, perhaps a banknote, like a dollar bill or a, yeah. a well, you all have different size currency. But, you know, a small thing. And not only is it the length, she's not only, you know, pretty diminutive in size lengthwise, she's very diminutive height-wise, which is why she got the world's shortest dog, she is towering in at 3.59 inches tall. I don't want you to Google that because I don't know what you're <laughs> going to get for that. But uh, that's a really short dog who has a pretty big personality from what we understand. Yeah, and they talk as well about Pearl and her favorite foods, which are chicken and salmon, which, you know, mm -hmm. certainly in the cost of living crisis are quite expensive things at the moment. But... Of course, Pearl doesn't eat a lot because she's tiny. Mm -hmm. And I went on and researched, you know, how much food a chihuahua should eat. And in fact, the chart didn't actually go as small as Pearl is because Pearl only weighs 1.2 pounds. Uh, so I had to kind of do a little bit of maths. But how much food do you think Pearl eats a day? I very ounce. I don't know. I, I, three ounces. I don't know. Just a small <laughs> Spot on. Absolutely spot on. You're very good at this. So yeah, three ounces, which if you visualize it is, is nothing, absolutely nothing. So you might as you well know, you Pearl might like caviar. He says she likes salmon. Why don't you give her salmon eggs? You can afford to do that at, <laughs> at only yeah. three ounces, maybe not the good stuff, but wow, that is amazing. Yeah. yeah small dog, small amounts of foods, small poops. I'm going to go with. The, oh know. yes. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that. That's another bonus. And I'll tell you what, you know, as someone who moves around the world with their dogs as I do, the other great advantage of the small dog is, of course, that you can put them into one of those small dog containers. And if you're flying, you can just put them under the seat in front of you. You know, there are lots of advantages to small dogs, as I'm sure our small dog loving listeners would agree. You know, if you are one of those people, by the way, and you have found considerable advantages to small dogs, we would love to hear it. So do let us know. 
from short dogs to a place where if you don't register your dog, you could lose your driver's license. We're going to tell you about that right after this break. Stay tuned. And now, a message from your dog. Oh, every day with you is like a day at the beach, and I want as many beach days as possible. Oh, I want to run. I want to sniff. Ooh, I want to find a good stick to carry. Oh, I want to roll in the grass. Oh, and warm my belly in the sun. Oh, I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want ever pop. The green, glassy beef liver smell wakes my senses. Oh, you may not realize this, but it tastes like homemade gravy. <laughs> it infuses any food you give me with healthy life vibrancy. Oh, <laughs> I can feel it. Ever pop traveling to every cell in my body, nourishing each one. I'm so grateful to be your dog and for the Everpop you give me. So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpop, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpop is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. But to get the best price possible, join the Everpop Club at everpupclub.com, where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S., Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup every day. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So continuing our news this week. We are going to move our plane to Australia, where you just were, Claire. Yeah, and we often talk on this show about how we like to encourage responsible dog ownership. And in one part of Australia, they've come up with a really cunning way of ensuring that the dog owners there are responsible. So here in the UK, in 1988, we abolished dog licences. And Ever since then, there has been this debate about should we bring dog licenses back? You know, because every time a dog is, uh, you know, attacks somebody or does something that it shouldn't do, you know, there's no kind of way of tracking that dog's owner down. And the argument is always, oh, there's no point in bringing it back because there's no way of enforcing it. Well, there is in Queensland, isn't there, Jim? So tell us a little bit more about this. In Queensland, Australia, they figured out that if you don't register your dog, we're, they we're going to fine you. And if you ignore that fine, we are going to not only fine you more, but 
you're going to lose your driver's license. So if you can't drive your car, that's going to be a really big problem. And uh, it does impact a number of people. Last year, 2,700 infringements were issued as a result of this law. And a lot of people lost their driver's license. Yeah, and it's only a very small amount that people have to pay every year. It's it's $24 if you have Mm -hmm. a spayed dog, slightly more if you have one who is a breeding dog, which I think is exactly how it should be to encourage people to get their dog spayed. And it's just one of those things that gives some accountability. If your dog misbehaves or causes injury or destroys someone's property, there is a way of tracing them because they have all been registered. And so Queensland have really got around this problem. And the thing is, I thought, well, where else have they kind of solved this problem? And the first place I thought of looking is Germany, because I I used to live in Germany and I know they really love their rules and their rules work really (laughs) well. Germans like rules, yes. Oh, yes, they do. Do you know, you can't do pretty much anything on a Sunday in Germany. It's amazing. It's amazing. But what you can do as a result is sit and eat Apfelkuchen, which I really like, which is the apple cake, which is really nice in Germany. Um, So (laughs) they have lots of rules about things. And one of the things that they have a rule about is dogs off leash who don't behave. So this is something that people who don't like dog owners will often complain about. They'll say, oh, this dog came running up to me and it jumped on me. So Germany have solved this by one, having a sort of test that dog owners can get their dog to do, which will find out whether they are under control when they're off the leash. And then they get a little coloured tag, which they wear on their collar to show that they're allowed off leash. Hmm. Or... If you have a dog that can't pass that test, you're allowed for it to be off leash in an open area where there aren't other people. But the moment you see somebody else approaching, you have to put your dog on a lead and Mm -hmm. and then approach. So, you know, all this stuff that where we throw our hands up in the air and say, oh, well, you know, there's no point in having these rules because we can't enforce them. There is a way of doing it. There really is. There are innovative things because we all want to do right by our dogs. We want to do right by society. You know, registration generally makes sense. Here in the United States, it is not a national thing. It is a very hyper-regional county thing. And so it gets really convoluted. But I'm impressed to see what they're doing in Germany. Australia is pretty good. Not only do they Australians know how to get people to register their dog, but they also have a similar tactic for getting people to go and register to vote and vote. Because in Australia, if you don't vote, you will get a tax levied on you, which the only way to avoid it is to actually vote. So there's a financial penalty for not voting. And unsurprisingly, they have some of the highest voter participation in the world as a result of that innovative way of doing it. And so, yeah, it makes sense to do with with dogs and, and you know, bigger things like voting. Yeah. And I, I know this is kind of controversial stuff, but the fact is the more and more of the, us there are in the world, the more that we need to be responsible citizens. And sometimes the only way to make people be responsible citizens is to put those laws in place. And I was thinking, Jim, the other thing I was thinking is, like, how far could you extend it? You know, what other things do dog owners do that are irritating and what could you do as a result of it? And actually, I'd like listeners' ideas on this, but I came up with one of them, which is, you know, dogs, dog owners not clearing up their poo, okay? <laughs> we mm-hmm. talk about this a lot. Okay, so if you catch someone not clearing up their poo, what kind of penalty could you give them? And I thought, you could cancel their Netflix subscription. <laughs> Oh, that would be should be a sponsor of this episode. Uh, wow, yeah, that would be that would be that. Would, yeah, you that, know, would that, that, that would motivate people, wouldn't it? Like, don't pick up your poo. Then no Netflix for you. 
or your streaming services in general, or just no internet. No, we can do all sorts of things, but do the right thing. Oh, believe me, I had that thought as well. What's that? Yeah, I had the thought about the internet was like, you could put like a, a thing on it to slow it down, people to slow people's internet down as a form of punishment. Yeah, so I have a feeling we may get some angry letters. If you want to communicate with us, you can reach out to us at Dog Podcast Network and, and tell Claire that that's not a good idea. Uh, <laughs> we all should pick up our poo because it's the right thing to do. Do it because it's the right thing to do. It's sort of like we have this Wag the Vote campaign that we've talked about on Dog Edition in the past, which is we at DPN really want to encourage people to register to vote. It doesn't matter who you vote for. Just please make sure you are registered. It's the right thing to do. It's what a dog would do. And so same as registering your dog or or picking up after their poo. Well, let's move on to some other Dateline USA. We don't know exactly where this is because this involves a dog that is now famous on the internet. But we do know that this dog is in the United States. And if you see this dog, you'll know it too because it is a doppelganger for our beloved Snoopy. Oh, and do you know, I have to tell you, I have a soft spot for Snoopy, particularly because my husband, when he was growing up, promised himself as a child that when he was an adult, he would have a Snoopy. And actually, we had a beagle. But this Snoopy, controversially, is not a beagle. What is it? The dog is named Bailey. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see some beautiful photos and videos of Bailey. We'll also have a link to Bailey in uh, our show notes. But Bailey is not a beagle, as you say, Claire. She is a sheepadoodle, which is an old old English sheepdog mixed with a miniature poodle, which is kind of an unusual combination to create something that looks like Snoopy the Beagle. But Bailey is, you know, stealing hearts everywhere. She is uh, also living a very good life. I'm assuming she's a she because I don't really know. Bailey could be a he. Hmm, because Snoopy was a he and the Bailey could be. It's one of those androgynous <laughs> names. Anyway, Bailey is getting a lot of recognition. Bailey's been featured on CNN and Bailey's starting to get some media exposure. We've reached out to Bailey's person, but they haven't responded. Maybe they will now, but Bailey is awfully cute and uh, pretty much a doppelganger for Snoopy. I loved Snoopy when I was a kid. I still love Snoopy, but I never thought of getting a beagle as a result. Mm. <laughs> you know why they haven't come back to you far too busy fending off all the sponsorship opportunities you know the designer dog collars <laughs> and everything that goes with it i'm sure that you know or trademark infringements from the real snoopy uh <laughs> yeah, i don't know but they true. call it bailey so that was smart so if you have a dog that you would like to make instagram famous we can help at least in a small way you can send us a photo of your dog because every week on Hound Headlines, we feature another listener's dog. You can just reach out to us via our website at dogpodcastnetwork.com or send us an email at info at dogpodcastnetwork.com and include an attachment of your dog, and your dog could become famous by at least being on the next episode of Hound Headlines. Or you can also contact us on social media. And if you want to send us a photo on social media, you can do that by sending a DM on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, whatever your favorite flavor of social media is. 
We'd love to feature your dog. And we're always looking for ideas for future episodes of Dog Edition and Hound Headlines. So if you have a story pitch that you would like to pitch us, you can get in touch with us via our website at dogpodcastnetwork.com. Now, if you are watching this podcast on our YouTube channel, please like, hit the notifications button and subscribe to the channel. We would really appreciate that. And if you are listening to us via a podcast app, then please hit the follow button to make sure you get future episodes. I'm Claire Mansell in London, England. And I'm James Jacobson in Maui, Hawaii. On behalf of all of us here at Dog Podcast Network, I'd like to wish you and your dog a very warm aloha. Aloha.